41 years of God's provision. So I just need to do something real quickly, amen. Let's just stand on our feet and give God some praise for 41 years of coming through. Come on, you can do better than that. 41 years, God has been opening doors. For 41 years, God has been making a way out of nowhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of God. We come by way of the New Hope Community Church, where God has allowed me to pastor. And uh, I brought some people with me. I brought some people with me and want to acknowledge them at this moment. I want to ask my wife if she was there. This is my wife. Amen. And then I brought some of my extended family. So I'm going to ask at this time the New Hope Community family if you would stand. This is our second service, Pastor. This is our second service. Amen. It's our second service. I want to thank them. And thank them for traveling with us. I just want to say to you uh, publicly and openly, thank you for following. Thank you for coming. And let's show friendship that we know how to praise God. Amen. Amen. Also at this time, we're going to ask our praise and worship team if they would, if they would work their way to the stage. And as they are working their way to the stage, I'm going to use one of your lines, uh, Pastor Hamilton. Uh, after they finish singing, I'm going to come back and give to you what God has given me. Now, I'm not going to hold you long, but I'm going to hold you till I'm finished. <laughs> Amen. Come on, let's encourage them as they come. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, I need y'all to do way better than that. God is so good. Put, put the mics closer together, Altos. Y'all mind if we have a little church? I'm talking about, I want to talk to somebody at least 50 years old that can remember how we used to have church. 
We wasn't ashamed to make noise back then. This song say I got to have Jesus before I just can't make it by myself. Worshippers in this house that's ready to give God a praise. Come on, I got a couple over here. Where the real worshipers in this house?
got to have Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much. They act like they don't know how to turn a mic on. (laughs) Y'all mic on? Come on, Jessica.
come now thanking you, thanking you, God, for allowing us to assemble, to gather in this place. God, we ask now that you speak to each of us. And as you speak, Father, we will hearken unto your word. Holy Spirit, as I decrease, you increase and speak to this waiting congregation. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and praise Lord, you may be seated in the presence of God. Thank you, praise and worship team, for reminding me of the God that we serve. He is a mighty God. Who would serve a God like that? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you love God? Hallelujah, because he is worthy of our love. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Look, first, let me also extend another thank you to Pastor Hamilton and also to the Friendship Community family for inviting us once again to come and to celebrate with you for 41 years. 41 years because truthfully there has been and continue to be buildings closing their doors where they once worship God buildings are closing now notice what I said buildings are closing I did not say churches are closing that was a good place to shout right there. Simply because of this, and please hear me, churches will never close. Buildings may close, but churches will never close. You know why? Simply because of what Jesus said. Jesus told Peter, after Peter told Jesus when he asked them, he said, what are people saying about me? Not that Jesus cared about their opinion, and I think that's where some of us miss it. We are so 
focus on what other people are saying about us, but Jesus wasn't asking them about what are people saying about me because he was concerned about their opinion. Jesus was wanting the disciples to know, do you believe in who I am? So that's why he said, okay, you told me what they say. Now, what do you say? And Peter responded, he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Some of y'all waiting for me to take a text, but I'm preaching already. He said, thou art the son of the living God. And Jesus told Peter, Peter, I want you to understand something. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my father, which is in heaven, told you what to say. And listen to what Jesus told him in response to that. Jesus said, of all this rock, I will build, catch this now, my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's why the churches were never closed. Because Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. No pandemic, no disease, nothing can close the church of the living God. Now, personally, I need to share this with you. Personally, I haven't been here. And some of you haven't been here for the 41 years. But I do know that it has not been an easy 41 years that we have heard from those who were on the stage. But God. <laughs> but God. Listen, it's good to have a but God in your arsenal. Oh yeah, it's good to have a but God in your arsenal when things in your life are coming unglued, when the bottom of your life is falling out, it's good to have a but God. In other words, it's a given. Everybody say given. It's a giving that each one of us will face uncertainty in our lives. So much so, it will shake us up and make an attempt to extract and distract our worship. Which takes me to a very popular and a very favorite psalm of mine that I want to share with you on today. Please go with me to Psalms 34. Want to read those first three verses in Psalms 34. Some of you already know where I'm going. Psalms 34. I'm going to ask that you stand at the reading of the word of God. Psalms is the book. The number is 34 and we're going to read the first three verses in this psalm. If you have it, say praise God. If you're not there, say wait for me. Amen, I heard it, wait for me. Once you arrive, I need for you to let me know by saying praise God. Okay, okay, let's look. Psalms 34, read this way according to your translation. I'm reading from the King James Version. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. We can take up offering and go home right there. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of of God. Just to give you a brief synopsis of this psalm, when David writes this psalm, this song, he's reflecting on the time when he was a fugitive running for his life because King Saul wanted him dead. And so David had hoped to find refuge in Philistine, which was the city of Gath, where King Achish was also known as Abimelech. Uh, He was there, and as he was standing before King Achish, David did something out of character. David acted like he was insane. Have your circumstances ever had you to act out of character? Because before we look down our nose at David, amen, there were times in our life that we got out of character because of our circumstances. But David began to act insane. He pretended he was insane, amen, by scratching on the walls and spit, amen, hanging from his beard. So David goes to this cave Amen. And he finds himself in a cave called the Cave of Adullam. So what we can learn from David is this. When we look back over our lives and see that all that God has done for us, and please catch this, not just what he's done for us, but what he continued to do for us. We must, and this is what I want to talk about today, when we look back over our life, we must choose unceased worship. Amen. Thank you, ushers. We must, amen, have unceased worship. Because according to David, the first thing we must know about unceased worship is this. It's a personal promise. Can you say that with me? A personal promise. Where do I get that from? Well, please don't close your Bible. Look what David said. David said, I. That word I is a personal pronoun. But then David adds that word I with the word will. So he said, I will. And when he adds the word will to I, then when those two words are put together, David is making a personal promise. But what does that personal promise consist of? I'm glad you asked. Y'all asked the right question this morning. What does that personal promise consist of? It consists of, and catch this, blessing the Lord at all times. Blessing the Lord at all times. In other words, despite what's going on in my life, Despite what's happening around me or even to me, my worship should never cease regardless of what time it is. Because if we're honest with ourselves, all times are not good times. 
Oh, but when you understand the God that you serve, amen, you don't allow what times that you endure to affect your worship. So I'm just going to take a pause right quickly. Do I have any true worshipers in the house on today? Do I have any true worshipers in the house today? Well, we need to make a personal promise that regardless of what we are enduring in our life, we are going to praise the Lord. Let me see if I can make this plain for you. For 27 years, I worked for the city of Houston. Amen. I was working for the Houston Police Department. And for 27 years, within those 27 years, we were trained that whenever the command cease fire is given, we must disengage our weapons which normally happens when there's no longer a threat or a fellow officer, amen, enters into the crossfire. Oh, but I need to tell us today that there will never be a command given to cease worship on this earth. Let me say that one more time. Amen. I don't know about you, but amen. I need for you to understand something. God will never give the command to cease worship. And let me tell you why. He has already taken care of the enemy. You and I just need to worship through when the enemy is trying to overtake us. He will never give the command to cease worship. And yes, on this earth, the devil is like a, a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But you and I need to make a stance and say, God, I'm going to continue to praise you even in the midst of what I'm going through. Catch that now. I'm going to continue to praise you in the midst of what I'm going through. Can I pause and tell you, being in the valley, the shadow of the valley of death is not a bad place to be. Uh-uh. Being in the valley is not a bad place to be. Can I tell you why? Because God is there with you. And when you know God is there with you, amen, there's no valley. There is nothing that can stop you from praising the one that's with you. Oh, come on. Can I talk to my Bible readers? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that we cannot give up and we must not give in. Why? Because when you understand that praising God is unceased worship, it's a personal promise, then you also must understand something which is God has put us, and catch this, he has put us in a position of praise. Oh, let me park here for a minute. Amen. God has put us in a position of praise. Where do you get that from, preacher? Look with me at verse 2. Look what verse 2 says. Verse 2 says, my soul should make her boast in the Lord. Oh, but so often we allow what we are facing to dictate our position of praise. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, be ye steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And turn to your other neighbor and tell him, don't be weary in well-doing. Because if you don't give up, it's harvest time. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. It's harvest time. 
In other words, all times are not good times, but when I take inventory of my life, not your life, but when I take inventory of my life and I look back over my life, amen, I hear the late Reverend Paul Jones talking to me. The, 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 the late Reverend Paul Jones says this. He said, my good days. Do I have anybody in here? When you look back over your life and you take a self-examination, you look at the inventory and you too can say, amen, my good days outweigh my bad days. Do I have anybody that can stand and say, my good days outweigh my bad days? Well, that's a good place to give God a shout of praise. That's a good place to give him a shout of praise because he can turn that thing around. But I thank God that he said that, look, I will work it out for your good. He'll work it out for your good. So what should I do, preacher? Instead of complaining. I said, instead of complaining, you need to lift up your hands and tell God, thank you. Which is exactly what David meant when he said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, there should not only be a praise on your lips, oh, there must also be a note in your throat. Oh, let me say that one more time. That's a little catchy phrase right there. That's a little catchy phrase. Amen. Amen. I know some of y'all are going to use that. But anyway, there should not only be a praise on your lips, but there should be a note in your throat. What I'm talking about, well, the psalmist also said this. Look what he said. He said, let everything that has breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So I need to take a praise check right here. Take your index finger and place it. Well, first remove your mask. Take your index finger and place it under your nose. Do you feel any air? Do you feel any air? Well, guess what that's called? That's called breath. And because you have breath, use your breath to praise the Lord. Some of y'all ain't moved yet. Use your breath to praise the Lord. Well, let me help us because we need to know this. We need to know that praise is more than a compliment. Oh, yes, it is. Praise is more than a compliment because you can, you can compliment somebody on their shoes. Hey, man, I walked in and I noticed y'all pastor, he got on some bad shoes. That's a compliment. But you can also compliment, amen, someone on a hat that they wear. So, amen, a praise, and catch this, a praise is more than a compliment. You know what a praise is? A praise is honor. Oh, yes, his praise is honor, meaning it's much more than an external acknowledgement, but it's an internal acceptance. And so what is that internal acceptance? I'm glad you asked. It's an internal acceptance of God's character. Why? Because when we praise God, we are actually honoring God's character. Why? For all that he has done for us. Some of you act like God haven't done nothing for you, but God has done, let me say it another way, if God don't do another other, he's done more than enough. If he don't do nothing else for me, he's done enough for me. Because when we 
praise him. It's an internal acceptance of God's character, which explained these words when David spoke. David said, my soul. Everybody say, my soul. See, you got to understand something. See, David said, my lips, but now he's talking about my soul. So you got to understand something. See, praising him with our lips, that's an external acknowledgement. Oh, but you got to understand something. Praising God is more than a worship exercise. Praising God is more than just me standing on my feet, lifting my hands. Amen. That's an exercise. But, but David said, not only are my lips involved, but my soul is involved. My soul will boast in the Lord. In other words, amen, we got to learn how to brag on God. Oh, come on, we got to learn how to brag on God. I know things in, in your life may not be looking good right now, but can I tell you something? Amen, there is a tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I know it don't look good right now, but there is a tomorrow. So you brag on God. Why? Because you know he holds tomorrow in his hand. You brag on God because you know that God is already in tomorrow waiting on us to get there. I mean, watch this. Not only does God hold tomorrow, but God holds your future in his hand. In other words, God has an expected end for you. We just got to learn how to brag on him. Turn to your neighbor and tell them brag on God. Not the cowboys. I thought that would stir something up right there. See, you can't brag. See, you can brag on God. And I know we got some cowboys. I know I'm in cowboy country. But it's not guaranteed that them boys... Not guaranteed that they're going to win. Oh, but can I tell you, amen, if you on Team Jesus, you will never, ever experience a loss. So we need to learn how to brag on God. And when we brag on God, it's because we understand our position of praise. And when we understand that God has put us in a position of praise, then my third and final point is this. Amen. We will have a priority of praise. Oh, yes. We will have a priority of praise when we understand God has positioned us to praise. David invites, watch this, y'all. David invites the other men at the cave, and I did my research. The scripture says, you go to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 22, verses, starting at verse 1, it said that there were over 400 men at this cave with David. David is in this cave, and there are 400 men that came out because they heard about what, Dave, what David was doing and where David was. So they go out, and David invites those 400 men. He invites them. He said, look, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. See, those men who came out, amen, they were, the scripture said that they were discontented. They, they were in debt. Amen. In other words, they needed to, amen, have their spirits lifted up. So what I'm saying is simply when you come into the house of the Lord, you need to understand, you need to come and magnify the Lord because hear me. Praise is a team sport. 
Let me say that one more time. Praise is a team sport. Amen. You shouldn't be looking at me and I shouldn't be looking at you when it comes to praising the Lord. Matter of fact, when you enter into the house of the Lord, the only thing that should be on your mind is magnifying the Lord. Tell your neighbor, praise is a team effort. We got to do this together. And I like the Hebrew meaning of the word magnify. The Hebrew meaning of the word magnify, it means to expand. It means to enlarge. Amen. When I was reading this, it, it took me back to my, amen, my student years sitting in the classroom. And I remember sitting in the classroom and, and, and we were using the magnify glass. Amen. And this magnify glass, it was for us to, in, to, to insect, to, to, to dissect insects and frogs. Anybody remember sitting in class and you had that magnified glass? Amen. Dissect them insects and frogs. Amen. See, they first gave us an insect, which was, I didn't know at the time growing up, I used to say just grasshopper, but it was a locust. Amen. But they give us that, 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 that locust, and then if you knew how to, amen, handle that locust, then they give you a frog. Amen. That's just a graduation. Amen. Because if you, if you tore up that grasshopper, they weren't going to give you no frog. <laughs> Amen. But I remember sitting in class using this magnified glass, and the sole purpose of using the magnified glass, it was to get a better view. Everybody say better view. It was to get a better view and understand of what we were dissecting. Oh, but I need for us to understand when we magnify the Lord, we're not making him bigger, but we are understanding that God is big. Oh, let me say that one more time. Magnify the Lord is not you and I making God bigger, but it's for us to understand how big God is. I need to say it one more time. Some of y'all ain't moved yet. When we magnify the Lord, we're not making him bigger, but we're understanding how big God is. And when we know how big God is, don't nobody have to pump you. Don't nobody have to prime you. Don't nobody have to pull you. Why? Because you know God is a big God. So when you know how big God is, you, you can't just worship God when you get around to it. No, my brothers and sisters, when you know how big God is, praise takes priority. When you know how big God is, amen, you don't have to wait to get to the building to praise him. Matter of fact, in your living room, you start praising him. You start looking around at the furniture. You start looking around at all your possessions, and you can't help but praise God. Why? Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we wouldn't be able to have and do what we do. But I need for you to understand something. And that is when you know how big God is. See, because this word exalt, it means to take from a low priority and take it to a high priority. The problem with some of us is that we got God at a low priority. 
And we need to understand something when we magnify him. And when David said, let us exalt his name together, David is simply saying, we need to take God from putting him at a low priority and putting him at a high priority. And can I bless you and tell you, when you learn how to put God at a high priority, Matthew 6, 33 comes to my mind. Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek ye first. You can't put him at a high priority if you're not seeking him first. Seek him first and his righteousness, and he shall add all these things unto you. Putting him at a high, at a high priority. Let me bless you and tell you as I get ready to go to my seat. I need for you to understand this. Is that when we put God at a high priority, we'll understand the devil is defeated. And God is exalted. When we understand and put God at a high priority, we understand the devil is defeated and God is exalted. Let me see if I can make sense of this. See, you got to understand something. See, the devil, his name is also Lucifer. See, Lucifer, amen, who, who wants you and I to cease our worship to God. That's who really wants you to stop worshiping God. Lucifer, Lucifer was God's praise and worship leader. Oh, yes, he was. Lucifer was God's praise and worship leader. Matter of fact, amen, it was said that Lucifer had instruments on the inside of him. Amen. When he opened up his mouth, amen, those instruments that he had on inside of him were so, amen, were so, uh, uh, what I need to say, uh, melodious, melodious. Y'all know what I'm trying to say? When he opened his mouth, when he opened his mouth, amen, he knew how to put forth those instruments. Well, I need for you to understand something is that, yes, Lucifer, he was God's praise and worship leader, but his problem is he no longer wanted worship to come through him, but he wanted worship to come to him. Can I park right there for a minute? That's the problem, amen, in some of our churches, amen, with our praise and worship leaders, amen. Some of them get to the point, amen, that they don't want, amen, worship to come through them, but they want worship to come to them. Let me not just stop with the praise and worship leaders. Even some pastors, amen, they don't just want worship to come to them, through them, but they want worship to come to them. What are you saying, preacher? Well, let me make my point and I go to my seat. Lucifer, he was evicted from heaven. Oh, yes, he was. He was evicted from heaven because Lucifer, he not only wanted worship to come through him, but he wanted worship to come to him. So Jesus said this. Jesus said, I saw Satan. Uh-huh. Luke 10 and 18. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. You know why Satan fell from heaven as lightning? Because nobody, and I mean nobody, is worthy of worship but the living God. Let me say that one more time. Nobody, 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 and I mean nobody, is worthy of the worship but the living God. So watch this. I need for you to hear this before you leave. If you ain't heard nothing I said, please hear this right now. So Satan hates it when you and I worship God. Oh, yes, he does. Satan hates when you and I worship God. Why? Because we get to choose to worship God. 
Oh, let me say that one more time. We get to choose to worship God. In other words, Satan failed once at worshiping God. And here we are, we fail all the time, and God still want to hear our worship. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Listen, see, Satan fell once at worshiping God, and he got evicted from heaven. So now he's making every means, he's trying to do everything to stop you and I from worshiping him. See, he fell once, and here you and I, we fell all the time. But God is still wanting to hear from us as it pertains to worship. What am I talking about? Amen. John wrote it. John said the true worshipers. Uh-huh. The true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Why? Because the Father seeketh such to worship him. What am I saying? God, when you and I walk in his house, when you and I walk in his house, when you and I come into his house, he's looking for you to worship him. Stop looking for other people to do what God has called you to do. God has called us to worship him. He said, I'm looking for some true worshipers. And as I'm scanning the audience, amen, I don't know what you just sitting still, you trying to listen to what I'm saying. But I want to let you know if you are true worshipers, amen, you need to stand on your feet and give God some praise in this place. You need to give God some praise in this place well as I go to my seat as I go to my seat if, 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 if anything I said hadn't blessed you hopefully this will because you need to understand you just like I we need to make up our mind that I'm going to give God some unceased worship and let me tell you why we should give him some unceased worship. He was wounded. <laughs> this is the reason why you and I should give him some unceased worship. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Oh, but by his stripes, 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 we are healed. We are healed. So listen, never ever let your circumstances, never ever let your conditions stop you from worshiping God. David said, yes, I might be in a cave. And Pastor Hammond, I did, I did some research. I want to know something about this cave of Dulem. I wanted to know, amen, amen, the specs of this cave. I want to know how big the cave was. I want to know how wide the cave was. And I couldn't find nothing. But I do know something about a cave. I do know that, amen, normally caves is one way in. And there's one way out. I do know that about a cave. There's one way in. And there's one way out. And as David is sitting in that cave, David realized that the only way out of this cave, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm trying to bless you. The way you get out of your cave of depression, the way you get out of your cave of illness, the way you get out of your cave of anger, whatever it's got you caved in, I'm here to bless you today and tell you the only way out of your cave is by praising the Lord. You gotta make a personal promise that you understand your position of praise and now praise has become a priority. I said, God, thank you because I'm gonna praise you like I've lost my everlasting mind. I'm gonna praise you even. Why? Because I don't want no rocks crying out in my place when God has given me my focus. God has given me my breath. God has given me life. God has given me strength. God has blessed me. And so I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen. The only way out the only way out of your circumstances yeah. is to make up your mind that, Lord, I'm going to bless you. And I'm not just going to do it on Sundays. I'm not just going to wait till, amen, the doors of the church open. But God, I'm going to bless you. And the reason I'm going to bless you is because you're always blessing me. Give God some praise in this place.